Hi, Bruce. Hi, Serge. So we're going to be talking about a subject that's dear to your heart, uh, finding the right distance from experience. Yeah, it's been a thing that I have explored for decades. Um, I believe its origin for me was in Gene Genlin's comment about it, in which he said, he said to somebody, if you want to know how the soup smells, don't stick your nose in it. And that stuck with me. I understood it. I watched it regularly in my work and in my practice, how people were so close to their experience that they had no space to really stop and consider things. And so I began to explore it. And as I explored it, I found several really interesting pieces of it that in general, in how people teach focusing, there's a great deal of exploration of right relationship to experience. But the truth is, is once after you've learned about right relationship, it's hard to institute because if you're too close to that experience, you can't, you can't access the part of your, you can't access easily the part of yourself who knows about right relationship. And so I began to find that the more I worked with people about right distance from the experience, the more easily they could access right, right relationship. And that began to be a focus in my practice. And so I began to really help people see that they had a natural relationship to distance if they stopped and paid attention to it. So uh, for somebody who doesn't know what you mean about distance from experience. Um, in practical term, what does it feel like to be too close, to be too far, to be at the right distance? Wonderful question. I take as an example, because it's more extreme, and I think one we all relate to, is the example of when somebody says something to you that really catches you off guard. And we get kind of flustered and, um, and kind of off center. And, you know, we kind of just tend to go unconscious and disappear. So the experience is too intense. And if you want to really do something alive and creative with it, you have to back away from it far enough that you're not so overwhelmed. So that's an example of being too close, being way too close to experience. So in, then, in, uh, in uh, practical terms, in this case, um, is we're talking about reactivity um, uh -huh. and a sense of, you know, I, there's a feeling a threat, feeling like knee-jerk reaction of immediately responding to it, not having that little space inside to, uh, to assess the situation and find a more uh, mindful response. That, that, I think that's a fair way to say it. Um, what I have noticed, though, by dealing with it in terms of distance, that people began to be able to observe themselves or they began to get a sense of that because you, you can have a bodily sense of being too close. There's a feeling of pressure and a feeling of being pushed or rushed um, that comes with being too close. And so I really try to help people say, wait, slow down, pay attention. 
move away from it far enough that you can observe what's actually happening inside of yourself. So, so you're talking about something that's a, a built-in way to assess it is to pay attention to the felt sense. And right. uh, if there's a felt sense of uh, uh, some kind of pressure, uh, then it corresponds to something that's too close. And so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's you following that felt sense to see, mm, am I feeling a little less of that pressure, therefore I'm feeling I'm a little farther. Uh, when does it feel right? That's right, yeah. Uh, I, I wanna go back to an earlier version of this conversation because there is actually two variables in, in terms of our relationship to our experience. One is right distance and the other is right relationship. And it was originally that how much I observed that other people who taught focusing taught right relationship quite thoroughly, but they didn't pay attention as much to right distance. And as a result, people get the right idea of finding right relationship, being friendly towards experience, being open towards experience. But that's hard to do if you're too close to it or if you're too far away from it. The opposite end of that spectrum is somebody says something really important and impactful, but you're so far disconnected from your experience that you don't really hear it and give yourself a chance to move towards something that might in fact be quite important. So the beginning of right relationship to experience is finding right distance. For me, it is. I, it, it's my experience that for most people, that in order to find right relationship, they have to first find right. In order to find right relationship, they have to find right distance to experience. And from there, they're much more open and you know able to respond rather than just react to what's happening around them. And so uh, taking the hypothetical case that you mentioned something, uh, uh, being, um, being upset mm -hmm. about an interaction and, uh -huh. uh, and, and being very reactive that way. So mm -hmm. um, how do you actually handle it? Mm. In situation well, it, it, in my view, um, in my view, that it requires some learning. And the learning is to notice the impact of whatever's happening around you is. Like, if you are so over impacted by what's happening, you can't respond very well. It's like you're, it's like you become just overwhelmed, I guess is as good a word as any, but noticing that you're overwhelmed gives you an, a distinct advantage because you can then learn to back up, to make more distance from your experience so that you can find a way to go back into some kind of centeredness and some kind of groundedness in which you can move towards something closer to right distance from your experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it in a different way to see if we're on the same wavelength. Okay. okay. So what I'm hearing is, um, uh, say you notice how agitated you are, how flustered you are, uh, 
um, and you have a, a, a felt sense of that that intensity, and that intensity yeah. you notice wants to strike back, right. wants to react, um, right. and uh, because you have paid attention to that before, or, or, excuse me, or run away. Or run, run away is the other alternative. Okay, go ahead. Go into fight flight reactivity. Right. Um, and because you have given some thought to it before, you've you've learned it, um, mm -hmm. you're able to recognize as at least a little part of you that's able to recognize the agitation, that felt sense of agitation. Beautiful. And so yeah. at that moment. Uh, you know enough to say, ah, it feels like it would be a right to strike back or to run away. But uh, this is a moment where I probably have more time than I think I do. And um, that distance between the impulse to strike or run away and actually taking a moment uh, to consider it mindfully is already finding distance. It, it's moving in the right direction. It, it is my experience, Serge, that people who learn to think about it in terms of distance have an advantage over somebody who just is being mindful. Mm -hmm. it, it's actually a quite good distinction to make here. I hadn't thought of it, but I'm glad we're talking about it. That if you have had some training, I, know, I hate that word, but it really is probably the right word. If you've had some training in noticing, being mindful of the distance rather than just mindful of the feeling, it offers you a step up over just like, it's wonderful to notice that you're overwhelmed. But if you notice the overwhelm in terms of, of being too close to, to your reactivity or too close to in those terms, it makes it a little easier to step back or to ask the experience to move a little further away. So by using distance, you have a slight advantage, sometimes a great advantage, but sometimes a slight advantage in being able to be mindful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the metaphor comes to mind, you know, in uh, uh, battles, uh, you know, the kind of battles that were fought with swords. Um, you know, the general is on the hill and not in the middle of the action. And if you're in the middle of the action, you know, it's very intense, but right. you really can't have a strategic view. And so move back to the hills kind of thing. That's beautiful. Yes, and one of the problems is, is if the general is too far away, he could easily misread what's actually happening on the battle lines. So there, it's, it's both directions, not being too far away and not being too close. If you're using a general as the metaphor, I like that. <laughs> uh, um, the, the, there is a problem in using a general as the metaphor because um, I think of that general as a, a capital S kind of self rather than as a commander. It, it's a self that is open, curious, and compassionate, or at least capable of being compassionate. 
rather than, um, you know, a male um, figure, you know, male-dominated world. It's maybe closer to being a feminine self than a masculine self. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, other yeah. than that, it's a good metaphor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of how you could use a female version of that as a metaphor, but it is, I think, closer to the feminine than to the masculine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're talking about um, uh, something where that notion of distance becomes ingrained, becomes second nature. Um, and having a felt sense of that distance and yes. positioning yourself a little farther, a little closer. And maybe there's kind of a trial and error or just uh, some kind of an attunement to finding the right distance. Um, well, I, I do think that it in part is um, yes, really learning to read the felt sense is probably the thing that's most central. That, that's the thing that's most required, it seems to me, that if you're paying attention to the felt sense, you, can, you learn to pretty immediately notice when you're overwhelmed. Um, I think the opposite is maybe even a little more difficult of no, of missing when you're so distant that you, that there's something important happening and you're not sensing into it that you're so disconnected from your experience you don't notice it that's harder to actually learn um, I, I've noticed that over the years that I'll periodically run into a client who just is kind of not connected enough to their feelings to even notice when something's really going wrong. And I have actually found that more difficult to deal with than, than the overwhelm, which is way more frequent in the you know, world, it seems to me. Most of us live too close to our experience so that we don't have enough room to really stay with our experience. We get overwhelmed or we get... Um, preoccupied with, you know, wherever we are, we don't really have a kind of spacious interior. It's part of why, it, it, there's actually a piece of that, Serge, I'd love to say to you. Mm -hmm. um, I have learned over the years that for people with a lot of trauma, meditation, finding a meditative distance is most important. And what I mean by a meditative distance is in, in a kind of focusing distance, I'm always looking to get a little closer and a little further away, but I'm directly in dialogue, let's say, with my experience. But I think when it comes to trauma, it's too big and that people do better when they find a more of a meditative distance, which is not so interactive. It really is finding enough distance to just be purely observational because the, the interactive distance is too overwhelming and too, um, too fraught with, with emotion to be able to find an interactive place. And it requires a much more distance, which I think of as a meditative distance. Right, right, right. So, Quietude. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about... Uh, in trauma, 
um, how necessary, how important it is to have the distance to be observing from a safe place as opposed yeah. to interacting, which might be too close. Exactly. Well said. And yeah. you're making the point that there is a different distance when we practice focusing versus when we meditate. So do you want to yes. elaborate a little bit on the difference? Well, when I'm focusing, I do have a kind of ongoing dialogue with my experience. In fact, you know, if you listen to how people, when people record their experience of focusing, they'll say, well, is it grief? No, it's not really grief, it's sadness. And so they'll make fine distinctions. And some of that has to do with being in a relationship with their experience that they can find the right word or image or expression of that feeling. That's too much to do when you're in, in, in my experience, that's too much for people who are dealing with something as serious as trauma. They do better to just stand far enough away from it that they can pay any kind of attention to it without being overwhelmed. And that distance is also the normal distance for meditation as opposed to focusing. Exactly. If, 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 when most of us think about meditation, we think about it as being in an observing self, as being able to pay attention to our experience without interacting with it or judging it or doing anything to it, but just kind of really being present to that experience, but not doing anything with it. So being present, not engaging with it. Right. Not trying to find a meaning for it, trying to see if a meaning emerges, but simply being with it. Yes. Being content to being with it in a very implicit way, not trying to go farther than that. Right. The, the most you ask for is a kind of equanimity, which is much more related, I think, to what we think of in meditation than in what we think of in focusing, where we think of life forward movement and, you know, kind of interacting with it in a way to come to insight or that kind of thing. A meditative distance is just coming to peace with it, around, allowing it to be there without, you know, feeling overwhelmed or, or um, pressured. Yeah, yeah. But so from the point of view of somebody who's a focuser and not a meditator, uh, there might be the sense that, oh, I can do better if I process the experience. However, as somebody who is both a meditator and a focuser, you also see value in staying at the meditation distance as opposed to necessarily processing everything. Yeah, you know, um, um, I, in my experience, I go back and forth in my own personal practice. I often go back and forth between the two because there are moments in which like if I'm having an argument with my wife, you know, I know I need more distance. I mean, I just from experience have observed over time that I do better in an argument with her if I get more distance and not try to be too interactive with my experience, but to really observe closely because I am likely to underestimate the degree of uh, reactivity 
and as a being aware of that helps me begin to find a, a, a more appropriate distance from my experience in the moment. Yeah. Because I, I can expect it. I can expect that I'm going to be more reactive than I acknowledge to myself if I don't really pay a deeper kind of attention. And that moves me more in the meditative direction. On the other hand, a lot of times if I sit to meditate and there's little niggling things in the way, you know, there's, I'm worried about some appointment later in the day, or I'm, you know, got something I was supposed to do. I haven't done yet. You know, those kinds of things. Focusing is perfect for that, right? I mean, focusing takes me into a much different relationship with all those things. And I can come to something that might have insight or come to as, you know, something that has some kind of solution in it that I find meaningful and ready to get out of the way so I can go meditate. Right, right. So, so the, you could use focusing as a way of clearing a space for meditation by processing things that can be processed quickly so that you don't need to put them aside to say, I'll come back to it. It's more efficient to process them quickly uh, and then you have actually cleared a space that makes you more able to be in a meditative mode. Oh, I'm glad you said it that way. Because if I, I don't know about, I don't know how other people learned it, but when I learned, originally learned focusing, which has been a long time ago now, the first step was clearing a space. And it's interesting that all these years later, it has come back around to me as an important step, even though, you know, I didn't pay much attention to it for a couple decades, but it has come back to me as an important piece of my practice. Have you practiced both in focusing and in meditation? Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, I don't, at this point, the distinction is pretty subtle. The, between mm -hmm. focusing and meditation because the meditation I do is that I use felt sensing as the object of my meditation so my idea of meditation is to pay attention to my felt sense of this moment and so it, how that interacts with focusing is obviously pretty intense and the 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 slight difference would be that if you are more in a focusing mode, paying attention to the felt sense goes more into the processing of it. That's right. And Beautiful. if you're in a more meditative mode, uh, there is a sense that it's good to just stay there, noticing the felt sense, staying with it, but not trying to go beyond that. You, you know what, Serge, I love talking to you. You say <laughs> things that I say better than I say them, and I love that. <laughs> yes, I, that's exactly right. Your description fits my experience. Yeah, and, and so I have noticed, you know, that I have now numerous students who actually have adopted the same kind of meditation over time. And they describe very similar experiences about how they bounce back and forth between focusing and meditation. And um, I actually thought to invite one of them here today for this and it didn't quite work out. 
but I would love sometime if we wanted to do a follow-up to invite them to, to discuss their experience of all, all this, because I think in some ways they're more articulate than I am about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is there anything, any other pieces of it that you'd like me to say much about, or I think we kind well, of said there's it. there's something that's, uh, that's uh, uh, coming up when you're, when we're talking about the difference between meditation and focusing and the the processing versus the uh, the observing, you know, uh -huh. as something almost like something that's related to the notion of distance. That say, uh, I start to um, to sense something, and I, I might be tempted to to veer into processing it, but then it's almost as if I say, hey. Uh, slow down, slow down, slow down, um, and um, don't move forward so much. Maybe take a step back and just observe. So, so kind of having that sense of what it feels like um, to have the distance, and that the um, starting to process is as if taking a step forward and engaging more with it. Yes, uh, actually you brought to mind something quite important and I, I was feeling it, but I couldn't find words to it until you said it. It seems to me that there's two kinds of distance from experience aside from right distance and right relationship. And, and I guess in the meditative end of that, there is a kind of being with my experience and when it is traumatic or I'm having trouble with it, I move more towards the observing side of that, of being able to observe my experience because it gives me a safety zone. But if I don't need the safety zone, I move towards a kind of being with or a kind of being with or sitting with my experience, which is different than just observing it. And that's an important distinction. And until you said that, I didn't get it. I'm not sure I answered your question, but it. No, it no, you did. But actually, you you uh, you used words that correct a little bit the words I used, because um, you're making the point that uh, you're using the being with as something that is closer. And I had I had used being with referring to a more meditative. Uh, approach. But so uh, what you're talking about in this context is being with means closer than observing. Observing has a distance and being with your, your closer. Um, yes, but both seem to me to be in the zone of a meditative distance. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the, the thing I was making. Whereas in folk, there is a kind of being with, but it's temporary eventually that you're looking to really interact with the felt sense. But in meditation, there is two different things and you made it clear to me. And that is there's an observing distance, which means that I am so close to being overwhelmed that I do better to keep enough distance to just observe the felt sense which is slightly different than if I'm more comfortable with the felt sense, then I'm able to really just sit with it and be, have a sense of um, 
uh, with, there's a perfect word for that, but in sync with mm -hmm. the felt mm -hmm. sense. And I'm with it, but I'm not interacting with it. Right, right. So we're talking about three levels, distances. Distances. One that is observing. One uh -huh. that is closer than that is being with, uh -huh. and one that uh -huh. is even closer that is interacting. Yeah, that's interacting. And then there, the obvious, the other one is the too close one, which is is more like being overwhelmed or or um, kind of at the effect of the felt sense. Right, the nose in the suit. Nose in the suit. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Do that's fun doing that with you, Serge. <laughs> um, let me see if there's anything. Yeah. Let me see if there's anything else really important about this. No, I, I think the problem is people have. To, if somebody really wanted to understand this, they got to spend time paying attention to the variable of how what their distance and relationship is to their experience and the more you do that i think all of whatever the rest of what we say becomes more obvious you know if because as you observe it you begin to see how much being too close to your experience increases your reactivity and how much being too far away separates you from life and, and once after you know that for yourself, then the rest of what you and I've been saying, I think is pretty obvious to most people. I, right. I, it is my experience, Serge, over and over again, that if somebody really learns about right distance, right relationship is really easy for them because mm -hmm. there's no stress, there's no strain, there's no effort involved. You just kind of naturally turn towards being more open and curious and compassionate mm, yeah 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 mm. it happens more naturally but learning to sense that inside of yourself is interesting you know it reminds me of actually i have a metaphor i would love to share with you because i've been thinking about this in the last few days i had a friend who taught me to drink a lot of water many years ago i've never been very good at it but he everywhere he went right like a lot of people here walked around with a thermos of water in his hand. And he said that he got interested in doing that because once he actually became hydrated, once after he started drinking more water, he could notice when he was getting dehydrated mm. and that it became more obvious to him wh what hydration actually meant in terms of his experience. And I think right distance is like that. It's not a bad metaphor that when you begin to notice how it feels to be at right distance, you don't want to be too close anymore and you don't want to be too far away. You want to find a comfortable relationship to your own experience because it feels better. Right, 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 right. So that's a... It's it's a it's a process of um, discovery through experience. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just playing with it and staying aware of it begins to help people really get why it's so important and how much freedom there is in it. I mean, that's for me the real crux of it is yeah. when you're at right distance, it gives you a lot of freedom of how to be in the world. Mm 
and yeah. not feel so pressured all the time in one direction or another. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Bruce. This is part of the Active Pause podcast. To see more and subscribe to the newsletter, go to activepause.com.